1: Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: this week on the marketers report Patrizio spagnoletto global chief marketing officer direct to consumer for warner brothers discovery weighs in
0: on building trust
2: Celtic State of Mind I'm Paul John Dykes And today I'm joined by Jim Moore Welcome to the show Jim, how are you? I'm fine Paul Thanks for asking me We've uh, come off the back of uh, Two defeats The last time you were here Was Friday of last week Of course We've gone into the first Glasgow derby of the season 2-0 And then last night The first Europa League Group game Against AC Milan uh, 3-1 defeat So let's have a wee chat About those two results As we head in to Pataudry on Sunday Jim mm-hmm. um, lots of big questions to be answered I think I mean, when you look at last night's performance do you believe it was a big enough improvement on Saturday first and foremost I
3: think it was obviously better than Saturday and obviously a, a week's a long time in football, this time last week we are sitting here thinking well, "Well, we'll win the Glasgow Derby we go two points clear, win the game in hand we five points clear and, and off we go to ten in a row but obviously things have went backward a little bit uh, but in terms of last night, last night was a little bit better. Uh, we're playing a team who are several levels above us in class. So you have to always remember that. You know, they're, they're, they're faster to the ball, they're, they're better players than we have. But I thought the first 15 minutes looked okay. And then we lose a daft goal, another daft goal, where we need to stop losing daft goals. That's, that's number one. Uh, another daft goal just before half-time. Lenny did the right thing. This time put on a couple of subs at half-time. I thought we played a wee bit better the second half I thought they took the foot off the gas a little bit Took their, took their, their star man off the part. Mm. that was an indication that I think they thought the game's won uh, We get the goal back and it's quite interesting for the last 10 minutes or so And then we lose another kind of sloppy goal Understandable since we're pushing the game But with a couple of wee set pieces towards the end of the game that With a better delivery, who knows we might have sneaked something But I think end of the day the better team won and, and no complaints But I think the thing we learnt last night was Maybe going back to the four at the back, maybe that's the way to go.
2: Well, that that's really been something that's been key in the last couple of defeats, Jim. It's been the defensive frailties of Celtic. And I don't think there were many people who were sad to see Shane Duffy coming in. I mean, that there was a, there was a whole um, you know furore over Duffy's arrival at Celtic. We spoke about it on this podcast, everybody was happy. We can't change what was said at the time. But in the last couple of games... He's looked a bit suspect, Jim, now.
3: I think you have and to get to the reason for that, Paul. Yeah. And is it, is it is it is it the shape of the team? Is it the fitness of the guy? Uh, he's not played many games before this. Is just too many games coming uh, in quick succession. Uh, I think he would look better in a back four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if we're going to pin more hopes on him to keep the defence together, if we keep playing in a back three, that's going to expose him. So I think going with a four from now on. I think Lenny has to figure out what's the best shape... What's the best formation? What's the best team? And then you just stick to it. I think it's unfortunate again. I mean, I think we can all. I mean, obviously, after last week's defeat, you know, social media was in meltdown in terms of what should be happening next, get rid of the manager, etc., etc. But I think the number of players that were out last week, in terms of Edward and Christie and Beatle and El Hamed, all down to Covid, you've got Forrest missing, Julian's injured, Lee Griffiths isn't 100% fit. Uh, and that's an issue why he not going percent present for three months into the season. So we'd quite a few players down uh, last week. And I, think I said to you before, we went on air there, that if you actually split last week into three and look at it, what happened before the game, what happened in the first half, what happened in the second half? In the first half, you, uh, in terms of the team, you and I sat here last week and we, we picked the same team, I think. Uh, we both had Lee up front and Big Joe at the back. Mm. And you made the point that maybe Patrick is the only fit guy we've got, so Lenny plays Patrick Clamalla, on the assumption he's the only fit guy we've got. Big Julian's injured, he plays a young boy Welsh at the back to keep the shape. So, so from my point of view, I thought that's an OK team. Possibly from your point of view, it's an OK team. And a lot of Celtic fans would have thought that's an OK team. So I can't really criticise the manager for picking that team. You look at the first half, and if the game had finished at half-time, and we'd have lost one nil, it was a completely nothing game. Nothing happened in the first half at all. Neither goalkeeper had to make a save. There was two incidents... That's all that happened in that whole first half. First one that, one would assume the management who had, had told the players not to give away any soft free kicks or corner kicks, and we give away a kind of daft free kick, because we know that their strength the is balls in from the wide, whether it's Tavernier or Barisic, mm. so we give away a silly, silly free kick. The ball comes in the box, you mentioned Shane Duffy, he's the guy we're pinning our hopes on. He's there for those games, he's not there for the Hamilton games or the Tony Macaroni stadium or wherever those are the games he's in for Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and by his own admission on social media after he didn't have a good game so he should have cut that cross out and then you should maybe put some blame on the goalkeeper as well whether he'd have saved it or not maybe he could have made a better effort towards it. so you give away a daft fill. your centre half's all over the place and your goalkeeper could have done a bit better you can't blame Lenny for that because he'd be tearing his hair out watching that and then the other big incident is we have they make a mistake and Mo Elanussi's fifteen yards from goal. So if it was you or I in that position, we'd have maybe sky the ball ten yards over the bar.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's what he did And that annoys the hell out of me when I see things like that because he's there in training every day. And I don't know how old how old is Mo, in his mid maybe in his mid twenties. Yeah. You know, however many years he's been doing this, every week been coached uh so that when he's in that position that he has the composure, the skill, the temperament, the whatever just to you know, get the ball on target and make the keeper work. And what did he do? He did what you or I would do. He put the ball 10 years over the bar. You can't blame Lenny for that. So he's tearing his head out. So, as far as I'm concerned, if the game had finished at half-time, we'd have been disappointed losing 1-0 in, in a completely nothing game. But the big concern was the second half. And the yes. big concern was the fact that there was no substitutions at half-time.
4: Because
3: mm-hmm. I think I said a couple of weeks ago, the one of the big advantages we've got this season we didn't expect is five subs. I didn't expect that and for the team this size of Celtic in the Scottish League I think every game we should be putting on two subs at half time irrespective of the score i put on two subs at half time why is my logic behind that is because under normal circumstances I think most managers don't make a change maybe to after about an hour and they might make one or two substitutions and they'll keep them maybe, the, maybe the third guy back just in case there's an injury and maybe stick him on in the last 15 minutes
4: mm-hmm.
3: you can stick two subs on at half time and still do that so if you're winning the game quite easily, then give other players a good forty-five minutes. Rest two players for forty-five minutes. Because the thing about being a sub, and you know this yourself. Paul, having played football, you hate being a I sub. I thought
2: you were going to say that you know you know this yourself because you're a sub. <laughs> Tears for that, Jim.
3: Maybe you were always a sub. Who knows? But you know, having played football, yep. when you were younger. Uh, younger. <laughs> when you were younger, when you played football, if you were sub you've been spending all week looking forward to this game and you're a sub and you know you only get maybe 10 or 15 minutes. So if you're a player, and obviously you're getting well paid to do that, but you still feel the same, you're only getting 10, 15 minutes. And if you guarantee a lot of your players 45 minutes no matter what, that would make me a wee bit happier. So even if you're winning convincingly, bring on a couple of subs, if you're not playing particularly well, then you should be bringing on a couple of subs. You know, so I think that's a weapon or an opportunity we should be using a lot more, irrespective mm-hmm. of, you know, winning well or, or losing badly. So we should have brought in a couple of subs at the start of the second half last week. We lost the goal after it was another nine minutes again. I, I thought was. that was quite a good move they had down down their right hand side. Some nice play, decent cross. I thought Duffy did really well to block the first one because he dived in the block the first one. And then a wee bit of luck from their point of view, it just you know, bounces around and they score the second goal but after that it was just a shocking performance in terms of the attitude of the players the manager didn't change things I don't know what the coaching staff were doing it was just abject it no was thing. Abject, you're talking no about thing.
2: subs Jim what, one of the biggest aspects we won't labour the fact we're trying to connect Saturday's game to last night so that we can then look forward to Sunday but really if you're David Turnbull with six minutes to go I think that's it it was a disappointment for him of course but it, it was also a disappointment for us as Celtic fans you know the, the signing of Turnbull was a long drawn out process because of what happened to uh, the young man with the injury. Fought back from it. We've been looking forward to seeing him. He's a he's a really exciting prospect in Scottish football, and we've only seen him fleetingly. But you know he's a guy that that is creative. You know he is creative both individually to uh, create a chance for himself or for his teammates. That's the type of player that we wanted on the park because we were missing, of course, uh, Ryan Christie, who I believe is the most creative player we've got. Uh, we leave it till 6 minutes to go at 2 nothing down and then bring them on with, with no chance for them to actually change the game
3: I think it's difficult again because of the how many good players we actually do have mm-hmm. we've got a really good squad it'd be different if you know, we didn't have much of a squad and we'd get, more, we'd get more game time I think last night maybe was an opportunity because I don't think certainly I didn't have any expectation last night of getting anything and when they scored after what was it, 13-14 minutes or that. I'd have gladly stopped the game then just blow your whistle I'll take a window defeat because losing the goal that early, I'm thinking, given the confidence is a wee bit low just now, this could be you know four, five, six. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing we want to happen.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But the, I thought the team did reasonably well to come back into it. Didn't they get hammered and made a game of it in the second half? But you know, we, we, we brought in Tom Rogic. I mean, Rogic's an excellent player. So if you're up against Tom Rogic, and I take all the points on, board, but we brought the guy. Let's 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 maybe try and play the guy. Tom Rogic did really well. so it's Hard to criticise. He brought somebody on who actually well the substitutions
2: the turned out really well last night right. Jim. No I also know. think
3: it's hard because of what we've talked be, because of the 10 and we spoke again just before going on the air about the 10 dwarfs everything so, so the 10 will kind of influence Lenny's thinking
4: mm-hmm.
3: and we need to keep winning games and, and that's why he tends to go for the tried and tested experienced guys and he doesn't throw younger guys because he's a young guy at the end of the day and there's loads of pressure on this season you know and come this Sunday, they just like, that's that's, that's ratcheted up another huge factor in terms of Sunday.
2: Let's talk about pressure then, because um, looking at today's conference with Neil Lennon, um, he said, I need a performance and a win. And he went on to say that we will come back stronger than ever. Now, obviously, the pressure of being the Celtic manager is omnipresent, Jim. Mm-hmm. Lennon knows this because it's his second time in charge, he knows what's involved. He knows the magnitude of the job um, that 10 in a row entails. Is he the man to deal with the pressure? Now, what I mean by that is there's been loads of comments and we take a lot of the comments on board and we discard a lot of the comments because on the bulletin, for example, after the game last night, literally hundreds of comments coming in and I invite them. I want to engage with as many Celtic supporters as possible. If fans of other clubs come in with something that's balanced, great. But obviously, there has to be a period of uh, monitoring the comments, which unfortunately falls on my uh, plate. So I'm having to do that as well. And there's a lot of absolute nonsense coming in. Um, I've got to say, not generally from Celtic supporters, thankfully. So you're dealing with all that. But you're looking also at the pressure that Neil Lennon has put up with through his career. You know the, the situations that he dealt with as a player. We know they were unacceptable as a player, Jim, and we know why. Um, you know he was subject to that. And then as a manager, uh, particularly first time round, the uh, the abuse, the attacks, the threats, uh, bullets in the post. We know that that level of pressure is horrific. And has anyone ever had to deal with something like that in the history of the club? Well, the answer's no. Mm. This is a different type of pressure, Jim, but we know that Neil Lennon can deal with pressure. Is he able to deal with this? Is he able to deal with the, the expectation of the whole Celtic support, the PLC, the club, the players, everybody around the club?
3: Is Lennon dealing with that? Uh, I think winning the 10 is within his hands. He's actually the only person responsible to try and deliver this 10, and that's an awesome responsibility. And... As fans, you know, we, we spend far too much time, literally every waking minute, trying to figure out what we should be doing next. Mm-hmm. And he's got the burden of themselves in terms of the team he picks, the shape of the team, etc., etc. It's not been going so well the last week. The performances maybe haven't been that great, but as long as he was winning three points, from if I was a manager and my team would win and win three points, and I'm not interested in what people have to say because I've I've achieved my objective and you could be saying to me well maybe your performances should be better maybe you should have done this maybe you should have done that and maybe if I had not done that we wouldn't have got three points
4: mm-hmm.
3: so I don't think I don't think you can argue with a manager who delivers three points of the game they've achieved their objective I think when you don't deliver the three points then you can then question some of the stuff and I think what you're looking for is an understanding as to why what's happened in the last week What's actually, caused us why haven't been why, why have the performances not been as good as they could have been? Well, there's loads of players missing, so there's, there's one big obvious thing. Mm-hmm. Edward is the most talented player in the country by a mile, and he's not playing, he wasn't playing particularly well before he had to, had to withdraw because of Covid. But you know, he's missing, he's our main guy. Uh, Julian, who was awesome at the back last year, he's injured. Uh, I think you mentioned before but we couldn't get Fraser Foster back uh, and he's such a big influence I'm not saying anything against the goalkeeper we've got just now but he has a huge influence
4: mm-hmm.
3: on that team so we need to understand why things haven't been going as well as they could have been and what what, what, what action has Lenny taking to actually make that better and if he's taking the right action to make things better then I think he's still the man to lead us forward and he'll and he'll, he'll be able to deal with anything comes. given what he's had to deal with over the last 20 years he can deal with anything. But it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility. Because we're sitting here just now, and as I said, most most Celtic fans will be thinking, eh, we've got a game on Sunday. Who's he going to play? What if we lose it? What's going to happen next? So, so we're thinking all the time. We're overthinking all this kind of stuff. What must he be like? Because he's the guy that's going to make or break the team. I just think it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility that we've got absolutely no conception of.
2: It's just We don't. We don't. It's just,
3: I mean, in terms of this, is a, you know, I was going to say, once in a lifetime, once in a, ever, you know, historical stuff. Chances are this will never happen again. It's historical and it's in his hands. Imagine that being in your hands. <laughs> it's up to you. Mm. And you're having thousands or tens of thousands of people telling you what to do. That's wrong, do this. And the people that are telling them what to do have never managed a team in their life. You know, the are guys like you and I who are enthusiastic amateurs. And we think we know a wee bit about the game. Uh, But if you're winning, I don't think you can say too much. But if you start losing, I think it's perfectly valid to ask some questions. Last night didn't bother me at all. They are, as I said earlier, several levels above us. If we took anything from that game, it would have been fantastic. But I expected us to lose. As long as we didn't lose by too many, that was fine. We're going to Aberdeen on Sunday. We're a better team than Aberdeen. We've got better players. uh, And we should win. Then again, we said that about last Saturday. Mm -hmm. It didn't quite pan out. I think we've got a real challenge this year and we need to rise to the challenge and get back to playing the way we can play and we need to figure out or Lenny needs to figure out what's the best shape to suit the players that he's got if you're going to play Shane Duffy then you can't play three at the back because that doesn't suit him if you want the best at Shane Duffy then I think you have to play four at the back who do you pair with him I think obviously at the moment Big Ayer. yes if Julian's fit who do you play well that's 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 a question for me. There, there's a dilemma
2: yeah. there, there's actually a dilemma um, that we'll talk about Jim mean, now you're talking about shape and we'll definitely get onto that because it will be interesting um, to see whether Lennon looks at last night's performances and when things started getting better with a change in shape if he, if he's going to continue with that um, and like you say the Shane Duffy scenario with uh, regards to him coming in as a pivot and certainly in the last couple of games um, him looking to be the weak point in that defence which You know, it's unusual when you're looking at someone who he's coming in um, from a a, a very high level uh, down in England. He's the international captain of the Republic of Ireland. And I think we all, a a huge majority of us, pinned our hopes on Shane Duffy to come in and make everything better at the back.
3: Absolutely, but I think you've also got to think about uh, if he's not used to playing in the back three, mm -hmm. straight away then he's he's not sure where he goes. Pushes up, pushes back, where he goes. The last two games, he's played with a young boy Welsh beside him. This is a young guy. I don't know how old is he? Twenty one, twenty two. Someone like that, who's you know maybe played one game before for Celtic. So yes. He's got to keep an eye on him as well, and try and make sure he does the right things. So he's doing two things. He's trying to play his own game. He's trying to shepherd the young boy through the game.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: He's got one of the you know, biggest football icons in front of him last night, and he's pointing three at the back, which he might not be used to doing. So again, those are factors, and that's about about saying well. We need to understand and then we need to get to the point why isn't Shane Duffy playing as well as he should be playing? What's What's the answer to that question? And once you get the answer to the question, then you need to change it to try and make it better. If he doesn't change it to make it better, things will get worse. And then you can ask legitimate questions of the manager to say, well, you know you should have done that and didn't do it. And if you're not doing that, then things are going to get worse. And we all know that eh, Celsius are only ever, you know, one defeat away from a crisis. We've had two... <laughs> In the last week and as we said before, we can't remember the last time we did that.
2: I can't remember certainly the last time we went three. Um, yeah. Someone might be able to tell us, Jim, uh, who's listening in, when was the last time? And by the way, I'm not having us defeated at Patorgia before a ball's kicked. But you're at- This week
1: on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in
0: on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company,
1: iHeartMedia gives you access to all, every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's The Marketers Report. This week, Patricio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust.
0: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Absolutely.
2: What happens directly after a game? Jim, is we always go live. So myself, normally with two others, we go live and what you're getting is the raw reaction of Celtic supporters um, who obviously indulge in this game of football like it's, you know, a life or death scenario. So you're getting the raw emotion. You then get the opportunity, Jim, to think about it a wee bit, and then come back the following day. And that's where we are just now. But there was a, there was comments last night about Shane Duffy. Um, and my esteemed colleague, Kevin, likened him to Daniel Mistorovich. Now, I'm not ready to, to write off Shane Duffy. What I would maybe say, and I, and I did say it this morning on Twitter, is that I'm not convinced that Shane Duffy is 100% fit. People may obviously normally say, well... Why is he playing? The reason he's playing is because we've got a bit of defensive crisis at the moment. And actually, it's credit to him. If that is the case, Jim, and he continues to play on. We've seen it in the past. We've seen Bruni doing it for Celtic, whereby he just continually plays through injury. And, you know, whilst you would love every player on the park to be 100% fit, I don't think Duffy is. And I think that's maybe one of the the issues also. He's been thrown into three games a week. And he's, he's come out of, you know... A Brighton second string Or playing very little Competitive football gym To playing three games a week I think that's hit him As well as the positional
3: I there's also Another big factor That is He's apparently a huge fan He's a huge Celtic fan So he, mm-hmm. he He gets that He knows what's at stake And he's played in games Where the performances From the team And possibly him Himself Haven't been that good And we've just lost two games And he must have been So looking forward to the game Last week Albeit no fans But this was going to be like The big game mm-hmm. And if he is a big fan of the club he must have been you know, as a young kid thinking I'd love to play in that game and to have played so poorly and to have let people down he must have been devastated last week and as I said he he took to social media to say I'm big enough and ugly enough to say I didn't play well enough today so maybe he's a bit anxious because he knows what's at stake maybe he's more anxious than some other players who maybe have been there for two or three years but don't, don't think the 10 is such an important thing and as we said previously the 10 is kind of holding his back a wee bit. Everything's to do with the 10, because I think that we should be looking long term. And, you know, and there's obviously a lot of, kind of rumours going to be on in so- social media, most of it's mince, I-, I would imagine. But I think the likes of Dermot Desmond or Peter Lowe should be looking for a new manager, not be to replace Neil Lennon this season, but for a five year plan or for a 10 year plan, you should always be thinking, what happens next?
4: Because
3: mm-hmm. if we do do the 10, will Lennon stay on? Will he go? well You need to make sure that if if it comes to that and Lenny does want to go, or whatever happens, if Lenny's not here next year, who's the manager next year? And you can't wait till next May to then figure out that's what's going to happen. So we need a five-year or a ten-year plan that says this is how we're going to go. And if and when Lenny leaves, and if he doesn't leave because we've won ten in a row, brilliant. And even if he stays, fine. But one must assume that the Dermot Desmond's this world must have some sort of plans going forward over the next few years, where we want the club to be, what kind of manager do we think is going to take the club forward over the next few years? That might be Lenny, it might not be Lenny, but you need to have that in place, you need to Mm -hmm. know what you're going
2: to do. When you are one of these men with influence at Celtic and you're looking at this current situation and I think everybody would be accused of overreacting, it's one defeat, it's two defeats. I think this season though, Jim, and looking at it as balanced as, as possible, uh, with, a, with a balanced viewpoint it's not just been about those two results I think that the performances all season and it, you know perhaps with the exception of the Hibs game
3: Hibs, yep, yep.
2: Um, have been less than inspiring now I totally subscribe to what you say about when it comes down to it yes I would love to be playing the f- the fast flowing attractive football that Celtic are known for I'd love that and that that would be brilliant the priority is always a win right so I'm going to use an example, and I'm not comparing the managers, but you look at Scotland for years and years and years. Constantly, we would say underachieving. If you look back at the the times where we were, um, you know, qualifying for finals,
4: mm-hmm.
2: Stevie Clark starts getting results. Totally uninspiring to watch, but he's mm-hmm. getting results now. Yep. So the results are key, and then obviously with Celtic with their budget and the the magnitude um, of Celtic's budget compared to other clubs in our our domestic se- uh, setup. up you would then hope to be doing it with some style. You would hope to be doing it to build something in Europe. So this season has been poor performances and grinding out results against the likes of St Mirren mm-hmm. or Livingston, yeah. Yeah, a late winner against Dundee United, two late goals against St Johnson. So mm-hmm. the nature of the performances haven't been there, but there's no big crisis because we're getting the results.
3: Points on the board. Dennis
2: yeah. Varos... Terrible result, yep. not for the first time uh, in Europe under Neil Lennon. So there was a there was a situation this morning where Neil Lennon has actually compared uh, a result last season to where we are now. And uh, you know we got beat off Livingston two nothing. Uh, there's nothing to panic about. I think this is a little bit different, where you're getting beat off your your main challengers at home, and one of the most uninspiring performances in my living memory. But the the actual performances this season have been fairly uninspiring. we have steamroller teams through maybe having that depth of squad, maybe being able to bring on players to make the change, i.e. St Johnson. You look at the changes there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think that, you know, if we get to the point where we're not reacting the way we are, you know, do you then go another defeat? Do you go another few weeks? Do the performances improve at all?
3: I wouldn't disagree with anything that you've said there, uh, I think as I said earlier I think if, if if Lenny knows how to fix this and he goes about fixing it then fine if he's not sure how to fix it then you you would really have to change that uh, I also look at the players we have at the moment and you talked about kind of fast exciting football who's going to give you fast exciting football well people who can take players on mm-hmm. who do we have that can do that James Forrest he's out injured for a while Mikey Johnson is out injured Jimmy Finpong, apart from that, who actually takes players on? Ryan Christie, maybe, he's a different kind of player. So you actually need players who can take players on and our rivals across the city, a lot of their success is maybe, maybe three or four guys that can play in the team who take players on and make things happen. So maybe we don't have the kind of players to, to play that kind of football. I've said before and I'll stick by it, I think Lee's, Lee's the kind of main guy for me. I think if we can get Lee fit, and I play Lee again on Sunday. If we get Lee fit and we get Eddie back, then the options just multiply by a big number. And we get James Forrest back, and maybe Mikey Johnson in there. Those are the flare players. If we get them back, then hopefully things will change. But we need to do, deal with the kind of now, and the now is Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Lenny has to have a team that goes up there and puts on a performance and wins the game. If we don't win on Sunday, then the whole thing just, you know, gets much, much worse, intensifies. You know, it's a bit... bit what is he doing to try and make things better? What is his coaching staff doing to make things better? And again, as I've said to you in weeks gone by, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm assuming from what I've read that Neil's a bit of a kind of martin the new type manager. doesn't take the training, doesn't deal with the tactics. He's mm-hmm. a kind of man-manager, inspirational guy, uh, signs the players, hopefully. Uh, so the coaching's then done by John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan. How good are they? Don't know. Eh, compared to maybe what we had under the previous manager, maybe that's a different level altogether. So, so there are some questions to be asked. So, we don't know the answers to those questions, but the performances we tend to indicate something's wrong somewhere. And we need to try and change that. Albeit we're missing loads of players.
4: We yeah,
2: are. We absolutely are, Jim. And I'm glad you brought up the. You know, the rumour mill that, uh, you know, has gone into overdrive. And I think there is a feeling that, you know, people panic after a defeat. It's disappointing after a defeat. Um, I don't think there's panic, but I also don't think you can then just discard everybody's points of view. And I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about don't panic, you know, with regards to the fact that we've got a great squad. We're looking at a situation at the moment where, yes, we are several key men down, several entertaining creative players down due to illness and injury Um, and you know our challenges aren't really dealing with that situation we are Uh, but when you're looking at the the players for example who came on last night I think what that shows you is we still have the type of players you can come on to make a a positive difference to the the team now when I'm looking at Christy for me he is the most creative player Celtic have the reason he never started last night is down to uh, the player, the fitness, the, uh, you know, the fact that he's he's been isolating. Therefore, the training hasn't been as intense, I would guess. Rodejek absolutely thought he was on his way out. Thought he was gone. We'd never see. Uh, the big man again in a Celtic jersey what I've seen against St Johnson what I've seen last night gives me hope that there's an option we didn't think we were going to have Jim and I hope Mm -hmm. it is because you know yeah we're looking at past glories he's only 28 it's not as though he's 34 and you're not going to get a tune out of him so there's another option El Yunusi comes in a player that I have championed all season and who has let me down (laughs) and, and been pretty disappointing He comes in after the disappointment of his performance against Rangers And he does the job last night And as you say all it takes is for another two or three of the players who are out To come back in But even with the players fit Previous to the illness Previous to James A. Forrest's injury Previous to Julianne's injury It was uninspiring That's where the concern comes in Now on a Celtic state of mind What I want to avoid Jim Is you know just spreading rumours like everybody else, you get the texts, you know, people share things in WhatsApp groups, I've read them all, and you, you hear about uh, players, you hear about cliques, you hear about the manager and lifestyles and all that stuff. We're not going to spread any of that on a Celtic state of mind. What I'm looking at is the performance, the manner of the performances, and how things can be changed. Now, if you've got a manager there who watches the Rangers game doesn't change it, you know you're, you, you know within 15 minutes it's not working you change it and I don't always mean a tranche of uh, substitutes coming on mm-hmm. change the shape if the shape's not working so last yeah. night we lined up with the same shape and and ultimately barring the two forwards we're the same personnel did that surprise you last night?
3: Uh, it surprised me we didn't go to the back four I thought we'd have played four five one last night given the quality of the opposition uh, but then we go in the first 50 minutes you think this is actually quite good in terms of how we're playing but as soon as they score the goal you, you know you're never going to come back from that uh, I like the idea of playing two strikers up front when it actually happened because I thought this is a big risk but in yeah. actual fact they look quite good mm-hmm. so again we're really just enthusiastic amateurs uh, one of the things that was on social media that's going to be worth mentioning was, was the fact that it seems to be after the defeat last week Desmond De- Des- Des- Desmond and I had a Zoom call with Peter Lowe and Neil Lennon and, and kind of waved a kind of metaphorical yellow card towards Lennon, like, going to sort this out, and and that's how I feel. Something's wrong and it has to be sorted out. So we need to sort it out as quickly as possible. And as, as long as Lenny does that, then that's, as far as I'm concerned, then that's absolutely fine. But he has to find that shape. You mentioned a few players there who are coming back. We need to find a shape for them to play and sort are in the team. Mm-hmm. So if Big Tom Rogers going to play in the team, which formation? That gets the best out of him. Where's he going to play? You're going to play him and Ryan Christie as well. They're a wee bit similar.
2: Yeah, can you? So, so can, can you? Can
3: you, you do that? Yep. Who are you going to play wide? Uh, the big positive in the last two games has been a left wing back or left back result.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean, here's somebody who's, who's you know played for AC Milan, uh, Uruguay international, uh, was selected for the best team in the 2018 World Cup. Mm-hmm. He's got the best pedigree of any player in Scottish football, and I thought he was great last night. Head up all the time, aggressive forward to the time, yeah. aggressive. Mm-hmm. Puts a good ball in. Took players on. Took responsibility. I thought he was great. Yeah, that's I right. agree
2: with that. Uh,
3: so that's been a bit of a find. So there's going to be certain players. You say we well, have to play him and have to play him and have to play him. Uh, so what's the shape if you're saying we're going to have to play these guys? Mm-hmm. So you'd love to play James Forrest and Tom Rogic and Ryan Christie. charm for me, the jury's still out. I think in Europe maybe it's a bit more time in the ball and looks better. Is he playing in the right position? You know, when Scott Brown came off last night he then played the Scott Brown role and he played really well. Uh, is that because he got a bit more time in the ball? Because if you're at Ross County or St John's they're kicking you off the park and maybe he's not up for that. Maybe he's not up for that. So, what's for the best team? So, Who's the best players? What's the best formation? Get it sorted out and off we go. And things should be okay because we're a better we've got better players than every other team including the team we played last week. So we should be playing better and we should be winning games. And before the game last week, we played nine games, won eight, drew one game. That's pretty good. We've lost last week. I don't think Europe is a big thing for us this this year. Uh, it'd be good to go and do well. I think I said last week, it's actually farcical with actually playing European games, home and away. For me, that's just a nonsense. Mm-hmm. So Europe's all about doing okay, not getting a doing, hopefully putting in one or two performances, getting some players some some sort of match fitness, but the ten, as I said earlier, kind of overshadows everything. So we need to get it right for the league games, even even the cup game next week. I'm not that fuss because it all seems a bit bizarre. This is last year's cup
2: mm. semi final. And the most bizarre thing about that, you're right, because personnel changes, and you were part of a team last season, and you maybe played in various rounds for a different team, and yeah, it does become a bit bizarre. But I must admit, I would I would love to wrap up the treble from last oh, season yeah. as oh, well. You know,
3: absolutely. I mean, another big historical thing to have won the fourth treble would be fantastic it wouldn't make up for not doing the ten but it would be a big thing so we have to figure out overall if everyone's fit and we to go then what's the best team in the best formation mm. and they might not necessarily be the best players because as we said earlier if you're going to play two at the back in the back four and your choice is between Julian Ayer and Duffy those are three very 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 good players but maybe one of them has to miss out. Because unless you play three centre backs, and if we say, well, three's at the back doesn't work, you need to play the best shape. So if, if, for what the back's best, do you play higher at right back, maybe? Because I like big uh, El Hamed, ah, he's a brilliant player. For a big guy, he's really, really
2: so good So composed, yeah.
3: I'd play him at right back. Mm-hmm. So he'd, he'd be my right back, like Zolt with my left back. Uh, and at the current moment in time, if Big Julian was fit, he would maybe air on Big Julian and, and higher. Uh, Unless the Shane Duffy situation is, he's still to get fit, he's still to f- find his way in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there's a, an issue. Uh, do you go 4-3-3, 2 Where do you go? What's the best choice? You'd like to go Eddie and Lee up front again, for me. Well, I was going to ask you that, so, you, know, you know, last season. The back, then, I mean, as, as I said previously on this, Lee won the league last year. It was Lee Griffiths coming back. He was the only difference. Last year, between the first half and the a bit of
2: life into Eddie as well. Jim.
3: he was the first half of the season. He was the difference between the first half and the second half. Mm. And you can see well it was 3 5 2, but it was Lee Griffiths. You know, because if you put Bio in 3 5 2 or Polish Paddy in 3 5 2, it wouldn't have an impact with Lee Griffiths up there. Bio. So, so so Lee made the difference for me. So what's my best team? It's got Lee and Eddie up front. And we're now seeing there's four at the back. Okay, So is that now 4 4 2? Is that, you know. 4 three, one 2 what combination is your best combination
2: to then and get the best out of Ryan Christie
3: yeah. to these players and then you mentioned young David Turnbull mm-hmm. he doesn't get in the team basically for me if we're picking our best 11 and we stick with that he's not in the first 11 can't be in the first 11 unless he gets a couple of games and shines and all of a sudden we've we'll got a situation that we had a few years ago when Ryan Christie came into the team and just all of a sudden showing. and him. he's got to play and you couldn't lead him out so unless something like that happens to David Turnbull good player he is I think we've got such a strong squad and so many good players. We've got, what, seven eight players to come back.
2: We do. Now, I'm going to ask you here, because you've, you've mentioned two players I want to highlight. The first one being um, Cham. And again, I don't think anybody would disagree that uh, technically he is one of the finest players in the country. However, we don't see that as often as we might. Last night, when the, the team was named and, and he started, I was surprised due to his poor performance against Rangers. Mm-hmm. I, I was very critical of him, Frimpong and Elianoussi. I mean, there, as a team, we didn't perform well, but they three players, I thought, were, were particularly poor on Saturday. Now, on 21 minutes, and Cham looked in the mood from the kickoff. I've got to say, last night. Um, he was playing in a position, Jim, where he was almost backing up or doubling up with Frimpong. Yeah. Uh, and there was a moment there was one in the first half, one in the second half, on twenty one minutes where he played a cross field pass to the half reference Luxalt that no one else on the park could have played. It was it was a genius bit yeah. of football and he'd done again, he'd done the same thing on fifty seven minutes to the same player across the field to play. Now I don't know if it is all about the, the nature of that game, the style and speed of the European game suiting them better. But he did look like a different player last night than the one we've seen uh, turning up on Saturday. The flip side of that is you were naming almost your, your best 11 there and I'm guessing that the, the captain is in it. On last night's performance, we were a better team without Bruni. Now, is that even a, a consideration for Lenny? Was Lenny bringing him off with Sunday in mind? Yes. Do you go into a game against Pataudry without the captain?
3: No, you don't. I mean, I think, I said earlier, I thought he took took off Scott Brown to keep him for Sunday because he's been playing loads of games. You can't go to Petordi without your captain, I think. It's different if you're going to some of the smaller teams. I don't have an issue with them not playing all the games. But I think for Sunday and the kind of battle that's going to be, you need Scott Brown there on Sunday for playing... St. Johnson at home or something like that that's not a big deal so I thought it took him off This week
1: on The Marketer's Report Patrizio Spagnoletto Global Chief Marketing Officer Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery weighs in
0: on building trust Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: With that game in mind, as far as charm is concerned, I think I heard one of your guests last Saturday calling him an empty jersey. Uh, last Saturday, yeah. and I was really surprised because, as I think I said before, I think he'll be in January. That's I kind I of got few because I don't think he'll be a regular starter. And I think if you're not a regular starter and your sub, as I said earlier, you can't be happy. And I, I don't think he'll be a regular starter. I think he'll go. And I think last Saturday that's the biggest game in the Scottish calendar. I thought that's the game he's going to show what a good player he was.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It didn't happen. Uh, last night he might have been thinking if I'm moving this is the kind of game that's going to be shown around Europe between AC Milan Biggs Latan and the rest of them if I put a performance in Pierre this will fit me in the short window so there will be a wee bit of that last night as I said earlier I think Europe probably suits him a bit better than the holy bully of getting kicked all over the park at Tanadice or wherever you know so and yes maybe he's not playing in the right position and his position is maybe maybe is the Scott Brown position
4: mm-hmm.
3: and I think Lenny has to manage Scott Brown this season uh, I still think he's a fantastic player he's a tremendous leader uh, and it's going back to that bit again Lenny's got the 10 in his hands and he has to deal with all these variables and all these kind of factors and he's got so many good players he's got so many permutations you know you said last week about sometimes he's got a tendency to throw a curveball you know, so he's got loads of curveballs he could he could throw. Mikey Johnson's a curveball. Young Dembele is a curveball. Turnbull could be a curveball. You know, there's, so there's loads of options. So, but he really needs to have to you know, pin down what's my what's my best shape, best formation, and what are the players that fit into that. And let's just go in that, and let's just stick to that. So if somebody's coming in, they're coming in for that position. So mm-hmm. if you're going to rest Scott Brown for Hamilton, he's at home, then Chams coming in and playing that position. And we're not changing it too much. Subject to injuries, again, and and it, it's not an excuse, it's a fact. We've got more than half a team out of quality players. So once they're all back and maybe too late <laughs> once they're all back, depending yeah. on the next few results. But that's one of these things. And I also said before about about people who've who've who uh, got COVID that we're quite blase. You know, we talked last week, well we're want to be in, you'll know, give us twenty minutes or it's it's really bad apparently
4: Mm.
3: with Eddie we don't know when he's going to be back so that could be the same with Big near Bitton and El Hamid and stuff like that and more people will get this as well so that's going to make things difficult and these are the bits that we can't control and I said that earlier I don't have any issues I think if we play the 38 game season we'll have enough opportunities to get this back if they call the league earlier we might not get the opportunity to get this back because what happened last year we'd never get the chance to play the last two Glasgow der- derbies mm. so if that happened this year then the game at Ibrox in New Year is like that's the game for 10 that's the big game so hopefully we play all the games and there's enough games to let us get that back and I wouldn't be panicking just now because if we win the game in hand albeit it's Aberdeen at home then we're within a point so let's just keep winning the games let's just you know, go out there, show how good a team we are, win the games, keep clawing away at it, keep within one point, keep on their, you know, keep on their backs, you know, because they might crack again. Who knows?
2: I, th- I think th- this is the one thing we-, we did see it last season, Jim. Uh, we do have the depth of the squad to make changes. We have options. I don't think, and I'm not going to focus on our opposition because that's not what we're all about. But we're we'll talking about them if we're playing them or. If we're talking about the nearest challengers, but I don't think they have the same options uh, that Neil Lennon's got with, with the depth of squad. I don't think they'll have the same options come January. Should something have to uh, be done to, you know, shore up the defence, for example, if Celtic had to do it and we had to go out and get someone, you know, I, I'm, I've got confidence we could still do that.
3: Absolutely, but if you to take the equivalent of who we've lost over the side of the city, you know, they would be completely decimated. Oh decimated. yeah!
2: I know they'd be playing the kids. Absolutely, they'd be,
3: playing, they'd be playing kids. So that's a big factor as well. So you have to kind of bear that in mind. That we're all about, you know, obviously raw about. We've lost two games, lost to our main the main rivals last week. It's a disaster, et cetera, et cetera. Before that, we won eight, drew one. It was kind of okay, albeit performances weren't that good. We're still well in this. We won my game in hand. It's within a point. Just keep breathing down their necks. Let's get it together. Let's sort out the team shape and let's, you know. Be a bit more positive and, and move away. But if we don't do that, then that's a completely different scenario altogether. We'll talk
2: differently next uh-huh. week if we don't do that. But Jim, uh-huh. what I would like to say, there's a couple of other points I'm going to make and it's going to be good to get your your take on before we start speaking to uh, people who are listening in and viewing us on YouTube, Facebook and, and uh, Twitter. The first one is... When you're looking at the substitutions that were made last night, we're looking at three players in Christy Rojic and El Yunusie, who came on and performed particularly well. Um, I would suggest El Yunusie scores the goal. Um, that's set up by Christie. Brilliant to see Big Tam Rojic um, looking like Tommy Rojic again, you know. Brilliant to see him perform. And I don't see Rojic starting against Aberdeen, despite his history with the club. Who of the three do you think is on that um, starting line-up on Sunday? All
3: oh, right, like Christy, of course, Right. And it goes without saying, as you said earlier, he's been the most dynamic player all season. Oh, yeah. He will make things happen. You have to make things happen. What was disappointing about the second half last Saturday is nobody made anything happen. In fact, the one person that made things happen was Big Ayer. And it was the only time in in that ninety minutes that somebody took somebody on. And he drove up the park. And the thing about Lee Griffiths is Lee Griffiths not only makes runs, he knows the runs to make.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And in the first half Polish Paddy he was running about daft
2: he wasn't stretching the no. defence he wasn't stretching the defence
3: he was going in their own places so you bring on somebody like Lee Griffiths who's got the nouse and the experience and the instinct. to know and the instinct yeah. to know when to make the runs where to make the runs and if you notice that he got in front of the defender who couldn't touch him and he opened the whole thing up and I think if the goalkeeper had been maybe a few yards back he'd have got a shot away there and that was the one, but a really good play because somebody took somebody on, yeah. and that's what Ryan Christie does. And he'll take shots at goals. And although it may be quite frustrating when he hits the ball ten, years over, 10 yards over the bar, but if you don't shoot, you don't score. I'd much rather with more players in team like that. We don't shoot often enough, and it annoys me when we do shoot. Usually the quality is poor. Charles was worse for this. in terms of with that chance in the last couple of minutes, and he, and he pulled the thing wide. That annoys the hell out of me because. Again, these are guys who train every week to be in that position to have the composure, the Mm -hmm. skill. Mm -hmm. You know, just get it in target. Not even get it in target. Get it in target and make the goalkeeper work. I mean, how many shots do you see that go in target to go straight to the goalkeeper? You think if you're doing this day day in, and day out, and when it comes to match day, you should be shooting. You should be getting on target. You should be making the goalkeeper work. You shouldn't be pulling the ball ten yards by the post or ten yards over the bar, like. The chance we had last week, so that annoys me. That, yeah. but we should be shooting a lot more. Uh, Lee does this all the time,
2: and Christie does as well. Christie does it all yeah. the time.
3: yeah Eddie maybe not so much. So. so I'm trying to think who else has a port. Tom Rogic has a has a pot.
2: Well, McGregor does, but he's playing too deep MacGregor's at the moment, deep. isn't he? You know, I, I look at Christie, and when I give you the three, and I, I knew instantly you would say Ryan Christie because week in week out he's like the the first name on my team sheet, but. People do criticise him for his corners For his free kicks And often for some of the wild nature of his, his shooting But when you look at just the second half of Christie um, last night seven On seven occasions he did something that created a chance He was creative mm-hmm. Be that setting someone up or taking a shot himself Now some of the shots come to nothing Some of the crosses come to nothing but he's making them work, he's making them think, he's pulling people and dragging folk out of um, position, Jim, and mm-hmm. he's creating space for others and doing so. And ultimately he created the goal. We were in a situation last night, the N-cham um, miss that you, you're speaking about. We're going for a 2-2 at that point. When Frimpong hits the byline and fails to do what he done against Riga and mm-hmm. find a man, we're going for 2-2. And then of course that sucker punch at the end makes the scoreline... Looked like a comfortable one. Mm-hmm. If you were to compare the second half to the first half, you might say we, overall it was a comfortable victory. But in the second half, Jim, we were going for two-two. I'm trying to pull out some positives. Laxalt was a positive. Christie was a positive. Even El Yunusi, yeah. for for me, was very disappointing. Saturdays, come on, that's going to work for his confidence. Getting yeah. a goal, Charm is a positive, yeah. What, yeah. absolutely, yeah, he was. Now the other thing I'm going to say to you, and with you with your knowledge of years gone by. We're going to flip it a bit. We're going to flip the situation a wee bit where we were trying to prevent um, a Rangers side back in 97-98 from winning 10 titles in a row. Uh, we were going for our first title um, in 10 years. And at that time, you know, and it's only you know it's only clear now, Jim, that the managerial appointment of him Janssen was done in such a way that Fergus McCann tried to take away the... Um, you know the romanticism from the manager you know the committed manager that was Tommy Burns and um, it meant so much to Tommy to, to win the league first and foremost but he knew the importance of the 10 uh, to our challengers at that time and in fact it was Fergus McCann's belief according to Jock Brown that it meant too much to Tommy and he got too emotionally attached to the task in hand and one of the things one of the criteria when appointing a manager was it it's got to be a non-British manager. Mm. Now, we did that in appointing Wim Janssen. he did it again when he appointed Dr. Joseph Venglos. Now, when you're looking at the current situation, could we be looking at a similar scenario where Neil Lenning, it becomes too much for him as a manager? Now, that gives me a situation that I didn't want to be facing, Jim, Mm -hmm. because I don't think bringing anybody new in, and there's been loads of talk this week of this, I don't think that that, it's just a magic wand. You bring someone else in. Well,
3: that's what annoys me. You know, uh, if Neil Lennon is not up to the job, for whatever reason, whatever reason at all, and people are clamouring for him to go, mm-hmm. who comes in? And some of the names I've seen you think, really? Is that who you're saying? And what happens if they don't win the league? Who's fault is that? So, so one of the names that was mentioned, I mean, it's, it's, I think Lenny will turn it around. Right? So is this is just for the sake of discussion. Like, and by where, the way,
2: you're not one of these guys, Jim, who just says Lenny, no, Lenny, stand no, by him. You know, no. you. I think look, we Lenny, spoke beforehand, and you've got your concerns as well. I so.
3: think I think Lenny will solve the problems, and and if he can't solve the problems, he'd be the first to admit I can't solve these. For whatever it is, because it's also the fact. I mean, Lenny's a bit old school. He's a bit Martin O'Neill ish, you know. And you're dealing with players that have got a whole different mindset yep. these days. Now, eh, the majority of the players that are playing for just now, I know that board about the ten. It'd be great if it happened, but really they're not that bothered. Sean Duffy, yeah, Sean Duffy. Shane Duffy, yeah. Scott Brown, Forrest, Cal McGregor, yeah. But you're not telling me that, you know, Cham's that first at the end of the day. love to win it. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, it's, it's not going to be devastating for him the way it is going for a lot of fans. So so Neil's a bit old school. And Martin, he was a bit old school. So maybe old school's not working for the sake of discussion. See, so it's not working. And one of the names that was mentioned was Eddie Howe saying so, well bring in Eddie Howe and you think well what has Eddie Howe done and you think well from my limited knowledge of English football I know he's done really well with Bournemouth I know he's brought them up from the championship and he kept him in the league for four or five seasons something like that but he gets sacked at the end of the season there, and, he's, and he's not got a job mm-hmm. so if he's that highly rated why is he not in a job and I thought well I bet I maybe do a bit of digging that's coming on here so it just sounds like I know what I'm talking about so what's Eddie Howe's managerial uh, life so far he was a player coach of Bournemouth he got, uh, he got the Bournemouth gig he brought them up from I think from the 4th tier to the 3rd tier he got offered the Burnley gig who were in the Championship he came in in the January uh, finished the season 8th had a whole season finished 13th and 3 months into the next season he left due to personal reasons to go back to Bournemouth yep. clubs that he you know, and I'm not saying anything against Eddie don't get me wrong he's a very good man he's done really really well but Bournemouth and Burnley I don't view them as... And no disrespect to their fans, if anyone's listening. You know, I think Dundee are a bigger team or Dunfermline are a bigger team in football context. I mean, they might have millions of money because of the bizarre league they're in, but I think Dundee are a bigger team than Bournemouth or Dunfermline are a bigger team than Burnley. So that's that's the teams he's managed. He's managed, you know, teams that are not getting big big crowds. Imagine come up to the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl mm. against Stevie G and the juggernaut that's over there that's meant to be. And if he fails, because he's only got... You know, two thirds of a season or three quarters of a season or something. So be careful what you wish for, you know. And then you go for this short term fix? I don't feel comfortable doing this because I think Lenny will turn it around. Uh, And if he doesn't turn it around, he'll be the first to put his hands up and say it's not working. Uh, So maybe this is a conversation for another day. uh, If things end up going pear shape, but I don't think they will go pear shape. I think we'll win on Sunday fairly comfortably, even though Aberdeen are on a really good run just now. Well, go up there you be positive you put the best team out better shape just go at them win the game back down the road with three points and just try and keep that going for the next few months go to Ibrox win that game we're in the lead again and off you go and I'm not trying to sound like kind of happy clapper keep the faith and all this kind of stuff keep the faith to me is all about if something's going wrong why is it going wrong let's fix it and let's move on and let's be positive mm-hmm. and let's back each other and let's go for it uh, and one of the things Obviously the fact There's no fans at the game I mean The team would be getting Pelters just now At the end of the games You know, And that wouldn't do A lot for their confidence So at least they're getting Spared that uh, So Let's be positive And let's hope We can turn this around At the end of the day We're really only Maybe one point behind At this point in time So let's not And, and withstand, notwithstanding The level of performances And all the kind of All the noise That's kind of Going around the thing Totally get that Totally get that So. all uh, this is a big season, so let's not you know panic at this point in time. let's just try and keep it positive uh, but <laughs> if we don't get the three points on Sunday that's a whole different conversation.
2: Well, we will be talking about that next Friday now there are plenty of comments coming through and never since Celtics started losing a couple of games, obviously the monitoring of said comments has been a fairly tricky exercise in itself. Uh, But rest assured all the regulars That uh, we are going through them Either live or after the show To try and root out anybody Who's just coming in to agitate the situation Now Darren G uh, Via YouTube is saying It definitely changed the players Not the formation There was a few games when 3-5-2 looked great last season I think that was down to teams not being used to Defending that formation with two up top Now we've obviously spoken about The personnel I think we're a stronger squad This season than we were Last season It's been decimated though Jim And you've made that point really well It has been decimated And I think It would it would be fantastic In an ideal world To be able to To call on um, Your entire squad It's not really been the case At all this season uh, But regardless Neil Lennon's going to have to deal With the players that we've got Until he gets it right
3: Yeah I mean I'm, I tend to talk about Shapes and formation quite a lot uh, It's down to the players End of the day uh, I think Uh, the players are there just figure out how best to utilise those players and at the the risk of repeating myself again that we have got the best players of any other team in the country Mm -hmm. so we need to reflect that on the park and Lenny has to figure out how to do that It sounds dead obvious Uh, but there's going to be lots of other noise going on within Celtic Park uh, that we don't know about in terms of backroom staff and coaching and training and COVID and everything else that's gonna go going out there, so who knows what's going on, but just you know we have the best players, therefore let's go and show up.
2: Now you're right, who knows and that's why we we try not to throw fuel to the the fire, Jim, when it comes to all these rumours. Everybody knows. Everybody gets the team line sent to them. Everybody gets these rumours every time there's a bad result. And, um, you know, we try not to to feed it into that. What I'm saying with regards to things aren't, aren't right at the moment, it's, it's down to the performances, it's down to the manner in which we've been defeated. And it's the manner in which we've we'll, we'll scraped through some of the games. I made a point yesterday, Jim, and it was um, all around... The, the types of player that we are bringing into the club and the the change in culture between the the Brennan Rogers era compared to the era that we're currently in Neil Lennon Mark two and the types of player that Brennan Rogers could manage uh, quite confidently um, and whether or not there's a group of players that that don't you know react well to Neil Lennon's style I think that's something that you know it's a discussion point it could it could well be I have no. Uh, doubt that uh, certain players play for certain managers. Uh, are some of our top uh, class players not suited to Neil Lennon's style?
3: That could be a factor, and I said maybe Neil's a bit old school with some of this stuff. And the thing about if you've got a squad of however size the squad is, 24 first team players, whatever, all with different personalities, uh, different nationalities, it's a bit of a challenge having to manage. That. it's not like the old days where you know Lisbon lines and everyone's from thirty miles to Glasgow and they're all pulling the same direction and they're all getting paid the same. It's not very much money. You know, you having to deal with that. You having to deal with twenty four players trying to get the optimum, get the best out of those twenty four players. And that's a huge challenge, and deal with the media as well, and trying to keep a lid on lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you said you know, these, these leaks are coming out. That's not good. You know, so somebody's undermining them by doing that. Absolutely. And that's what I said before about if something's not going right find out why it's not going right and deal with it
2: mm-hmm. so eradicate
3: goodness it goodness knows what this leak thing is about You know, what if it was one of the established first team players that's just you know trying to undermine the manager I mean, that would be, that'd be shocking if something like that happened as opposed to some you know you know some some backroom member of staff that's maybe you know that's, if it's it a disgruntled player back, then yeah, yeah absolutely I think if it's something like that then that's really serious uh, if it's one of the main players that's really serious but for that size of squad, 24... And obviously all, all managers have to deal with that. But this of all seasons where the 10 is in Lenny's hands and he's having to pick the best... He's having to pick the right players... Sorry, not the best... The right players for the games and get things right. And, and he's got millions of eyes watching him every single day. It's not even match days. Every single day. what you Every time he comes in front of the media... He has to be so guarded in terms of what he actually says.
2: No, you do, because every, every word is... Um, the
3: nuance, it's like, what did he mean by
2: that? And, and I know, I know. And I mean, kind of... we do it. We do it on the show. We look at what what Lenny said after a game and we start, you know, uh, picking it apart. Yeah. And of course, uh, Jim, as well, everything we say ends up as a meme on the Rangers website because they've got nothing better to do with their time. They're not used to being at the top of the league. They which don't is, know how to is, enjoy it.
3: Which is absolutely fair enough. You don't have a big issue. i, mean, I just laugh at it. The issue is, is that... Uh, if we don't succeed this year it'll be our fault uh, and it's been said a number of times the only team that will beat Celtic this year is Celtic as one of your guests said if we do, if we do, we'll do a few days ago we're doing a hell of a job we're doing really well to beat trying the our best at it yeah. trying the best to beat ourselves one year. thing I
2: would say again I, that I'm keen to get through a few of these points that are coming through because it's always great to engage with those who are listening in um, the leak the leak or is it leaks because when, when you think back when you think back to the transfer sheet you know, after a meeting the transfer sheet was photographed and shared widely Yeah, that's by an employee of the club
3: nice.
2: you know, so it's still continuing, so how widespread is it? That That's a massive issue that obviously the club are dealing with yeah. they dealt with it the last time they identified who was responsible and they dealt with the situation so, when you're a Celtic manager though, and, and this is the reason I'm bringing this up you take the job on you know how big it is you know what the expectations are but you also know that you're going to have to be dealing with things away from the football so you look at Ronnie Dyler he had to deal with mutiny in the camp with the senior pros you then move into Brennan Rogers territory who's dealing with players who are down in tools i.e. Boyata Dembele to a degree uh, engineering moves via social media and then you are Neil Lennon coming into the club you're dealing with the leaked transfer targets, you're dealing with the leaked teams, you're dealing with players who are going to French media outlets and saying, I don't want to play in Scottish football. So that that's part of the territory as well though, Jim, isn't it? When you take the job, you know that's part of the job.
3: Yeah, but when, once upon a time, you'd managers like, like Jockstein, like Alec Ferguson, who, who knew everything that was happening in the club. And because things are so... There's a football division here and maybe a financial division there and they're all split into different component parts. So... A lot of these guys may have access to that kind of information as well. We have to get to the root of this kind of stuff. So if it's a, a first-team player that's undermining Neil Lennon, he has to go. Basically, you can't you can put up with that. So it's about finding the problems. What are the problems? And as you said, there may be football problems. Maybe other issues there. So we need to get to the bottom of these problems and solve the problems. I mean, if, if Lennon's sitting with his feet up doing nothing, that's an issue. I don't think he's sitting with his feet up doing nothing. I think he's trying to do the very, very best that he can to achieve 10 in a row. If he's not doing that, he shouldn't be there. So I firmly believe that's what he's doing. Uh, if people aren't helping him, we need to find out who they are and get rid of them
4: mm.
3: as soon as we can. Uh, that's non-football stuff. On the football side of the things, just get the best team and the best formation on the park and be positive and, and let's start clawing this back and moving forward. Another thing, I mean, this might sound a bit odd, but, but when you do win things and you think it's an achievement to win things, it's good to win it. Been pushed all the way So here's a choice I'll give you Would you rather that The main challengers Completely collapsed And they lost 12 points In the next few games And we stroll to 10 in a row Right Is that as good an achievement As being pushed all the way And won that in the last day of the season see, Obviously we didn't do much for your heart But you know That would be a huge achievement And what happened last year or Last season was that The main challengers just collapsed Now we had to win we had to win the game we had to put the points on the board and it was deserved absolutely deserved but the main rivals chopped it so maybe it wasn't as big an achievement but this year we're thinking if we do the 10 this year given the level of performance across the city that'll be a bigger achievement
2: I prefer a competitive extra, I've got so to say, I. I do, because I just think everything else improves. I so think I. your performance in Europe improves, I think if you're going to have that tempo, you then go into a cup game and you're much more likely to get results so elsewhere. And
3: that's why I enjoy when we're playing games in Europe. That's when I used to love going to the Champions League game when under Gordon Strachan, because mm. he, he thought a lot about the game, and it was like a game of chess. And I was, I was mentally knackered at the end of a Champions League game. Because you were looking at all the kind of permutations and you're thinking, don't make a mistake, give it to him, don't make... keep the ball. And if I was mentally knackered watching a game, <laughs> what light are the players going to be? Because those were real tests. You know, if you beat AC Milan, which we did 2 1, that was huge. You beat Man United, those were huge. Mm-hmm. You know, beating Ross County 5 0, we should be beating Ross County 5 0. No disrespect to, I mean, it's 11 v 11 and all that kind of thing, and you're never going to win games 5 0 all the time. But if we're playing Livingston or Hamilton and if we don't beat those teams, there's something wrong. Now once in a while we're gonna drop some points, and that's just the nature of the football. Especially the cup and that kind of stuff. But in terms of an achievement, I, mean, I don't think anyone outside Scotland is bothered about the ten. It's, it's it's two teams that are at each other's throats and if we win ten, then, you know, that's it forever. And if we don't win ten, it's not it forever. So but and that's spoiling things a wee bit. And I said last week, I think, as well, that in fact, what's actually spoiling it more than that is the bounty for the Champions League. Because even if you said, you know what, let's just take a season and bring in a new manager, forward thinking manager, no disrespect to Lenny, this is in a couple of years' time there Foreign manager, new ideas, innovative, he's the next big manager, and he signs all these young guys, and they're great to watch, and we lose the league by 10 points and don't go in the Champions League and we we'll lose the 30, 40 million pound. Which one do you want? Yeah, you know, which one do you want? Because you would like to have both, but it tends to be not having both. It's about winning games. And that's why a lot of the times the games maybe aren't that exciting. You can have you're there to win some some, some points. And would you rather play really really well and lose or play terribly and get the three points. And we're in this season but well, it's the season of the ten and you're gonna go for the latter. Just win the games, get the points, and come back up the road. Uh, That's exactly where we are just now. And I think even beyond the ten, whether we get the ten or not, because of the Champions League bounty, Mm. I think it'd be hard to do that. I'm not bothered about the league, Mm, you
2: know. And as well as losing that bounty, you know who's getting the bounty? Aye, so So it's a double. It's it's
3: double basically. You know, you lose, they get, and that swings. And that's why you're in the Champions League. You're plus thirty compared to. I mean rivals, and you're not in it, you're then minus 30. So there's a £60 million swing there. So, mm. And that's what again, money's coming into things. So it is what it is in terms of where we are. And I think we have to we have that balancing act about, yes, we'd love to watch open attack. And in the second half of last season, we got both. You know, putting points on the board and playing really well, and it was great to watch. Uh, but the first half of last season was almost exactly the same as the first half of this season. In terms of things have panned out, and that's not to say because it turned out good last season, it's going to turn out good this season. That's not the case. Not with a lot of work and a lot of effort by everyone. It's not just Neil Lennon; it's everyone there. And if all the players aren't pulling in the same direction, that's a big concern.
2: It is. It's a massive concern now. Um, Stephen Ray has come on to save your YouTube, and if anybody's watching. On YouTube, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Uh, And he states that Brown came off because he was terrible. Time to bench him. Um, I actually think we performed better without him last night. But you have seen uh, the impact that he can make. You saw that um, not when he came on against Dundee United, but you saw the impact that he made against Dundee United and also against St Johnson when he comes on as a sub, Jim. And that's why I posed the question at you. I think it is a consideration.
3: No, I think he... Because of the game last night, we were, we were on the front foot in most of the second half. So if you take away a defensive midfield player and put on a forward or an offensive player, we're going to look better. Uh, you can't leave Scott Brown out for 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 playing at Patoji. Uh, uh, thereafter that, as I said, if we're playing St. Johnson or Hamilton or Ross County, knock yourself out. You know. You can, you can you can easily miss those games. But it's going to be a battle on Sunday as it normally is up, up there and you want your captain to lead the battle mm-hmm. do you play Cham instead of him given how poorly Cham has performed in domestic football this year no you don't or not for me you don't we're playing next week at, is it Lille next next Thursday yes yep. you could play Cham then leave it at Scott Brown then don't have an issue with that at all because I'm not a fuss about Europe in fact Cham plays better than Europe And in fact I leave you could, you, you could leave Scott behind then so he doesn't have to travel if you want to do that don't have an issue with that but you know Aberdeen away Next to Ibrox, that's 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 the biggest challenge, and they've been playing really well. And they're up for, And the thing I hadn't noticed because I thought I better look at the league table before I come to. They're only three points behind us. I
4: know,
2: Wait, you know, after for the all hamper, the you yeah. know they, yep. they get
3: they get hammered by Motherwell, and they lost to Rangers in the first day of the season, and they were having a nil nil last week against Dundee United. But it was they're only three points behind. So we lose a the game, then or joint second, and uh, and that's the catch up game as well. So we've two games against them, and they'll be fancying their chances. For what i have seen this week, I mean, going into a game where Celtic have lost two in the bounce, mm. they'll be thinking their confidence is down, we're playing well, we're at home. Uh, scored goals, scored four the other night, so it's going to be a tough, tough game and we need everyone who's up for the fight. And what was clearly shown last Saturday, there was a number of players who weren't up for the fight.
2: No, that that, that was the biggest concern, Jim. Though. And we need
3: this season... Up for the 50th. Everybody, there can't be any
2: empty jerseys. No empty jerseys. Now, quite a few people listening in have highlighted that uh, someone came on and made a number of inappropriate comments, Jim, so I have taken that on board and they've been blocked and we'll continue to do that that's just what we have to do they've been quiet for about 10 years but all of a sudden in the last fortnight we've heard a lot of racket and a lot of noise coming in from elsewhere
3: that's fine that's fine fine. we need
2: to tidy it up a wee bit now Chick Cameron welcome to the show Chick you're commenting on Facebook great to hear from you sir Scott Brown has lost half a yard you get away with it in the Premier but not in Europe interesting because I, I thought he was poor last night remember Lustig's last season exactly the same as Brown Promote him to player coach. That last point, Jim. Let's let's leave this. This is a final point um, that I think we'll make today. Now, I've been looking at the dugout. I've been looking at the coaching staff. We spoke to Lawrence about this on Tuesday. He was of the view that Lenny should have his own team. Um, you're looking at that. It does seem a bit fragmented. Now, I don't know how much of that is down to the fact that they can't be huddled together due to the restrictions, etc. But it does certainly seem like three individuals there, you know, Gavin Stratton, and John Kennedy, Neil Lennon. Now what Chick has said there about Scott Brown, I think that is a natural progression for Scott Brown.
4: Yeah.
2: Um whether or not it can happen this season. But what I would say is you put Scott Brown there on the bench, not literally at the moment, because they're all sitting in the stand. He can still influence. He can still influence on the training pitch. He can still influence in the dressing room before a big game and the coach going to that game. And we've seen it previously with Tom Boyd and Paul Lambert. Um, Is it, you know, yes, he's not playing as well. He's not playing as well as we have seen previously. And in the last two games specifically, I can understand the risk uh, removing him from the starting lineup on Sunday because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't depending on, on the result. Do you see at some point perhaps this season uh, that happening? Not to the player-coach, that might be more long-term, but periods where he's on the
3: bench. I don't see him being a player-coach this season because that would just be, you know, an admission that everything's wrong. If all of a sudden you're making him a coach and you've got two coaches there. I think that would be, you know, you put your hands up, I can't cope with this. I can't see that happening this year. As I was talking earlier, it just suddenly occurred to me that Maybe we should lead them out for European games and let and let Cham play the European game yeah. because that would maybe kill two birds with one stone. Then, because because Cham wants to play, uh, so you say you playing in Europe, and, and those are the games that are kind of people will be watching. So if you want to move on, don't you go play in Europe because maybe the domestic game isn't isn't is isn't, isn't for you. That's not to say he doesn't play domestic games, but I think we just pick and choose which games that Scott Brown's going to play. You know, and it is Hamilton at home in Livingston, but if you are going to pit towards you are you going to? Easter Road maybe not so much now because there's no crowds there but but those are the big games those will be battles and you need Scott Brown for the battles that's it you don't need Scott Brown for the games that are going to dominate the ball uh, so you can miss those games out Mm -hmm. and because of his age you wouldn't expect him to be able to play as many games as we are playing. we're now playing you know weekend midweek midweek weekend Scottish Cup ties from last year Europe the whole kind of thing you wouldn't expect him to play all these games so I think uh, absolutely just pick and choose the games that, that you maybe play them in and maybe let them miss out in Europe so he doesn't have to travel as well you know, that could be a kind, of, a kind of solution but longer term player coach absolutely as long as whoever the manager is at that point is happy to have, have, have him as a player coach because the point you, the person made there is that, is that you want your manager to pick their own backroom uh, and that's maybe not happened this time mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, so who picks the backroom staff and again and, Yeah, without going a bit too much, that Lenny comes in and he was just kind of told, there's John Kennedy for you. Uh, And did Lenny appoint Gavin Strachan or did that come from somewhere else? Again, we've got no idea how these things work. But for you or I, doing whatever job we're doing, if we were asked to assemble a team to do whatever job we do and you were going to lead that team, then one would think that you get to pick people who are part of your team and if it yeah. wasn't working you would replace the people in your team because ultimately you're going to carry the can so if we don't do the 10 the fingers will be pointing at Lenny but if Lenny feels at any point in time that maybe the backroom staff aren't right 1, 2, whatever or players aren't right or something's not right that's his job to fix it that's his, that's his job to identify what the issue is and his job to fix it and I'm confident that he'll do that but if he doesn't do that then you'd have to blame them for not sorting out the problems. Mm. You can't let these things fester. And you mentioned 97, 98, earlier when we were trying to stop the 10. What happened across the roads uh, in 97, 98, they were complacent. You know, They didn't take action. And that's how, well, obviously we, we played well and we put points on the board, but they should have won that league. They should have won 10 in a row. And, and they'll still be kicking themselves that they didn't win 10 mm-hmm. in a row because of a complacent so if there's a problem, you need to deal with it. And I'm assuming that story about Dermot Desmond last week is true. I'm assuming that's true. And if it's true, good. Because that's what I'd expect. Something's not working, you call the two guys in who are possibly responsible for it's not working, and you wave a yellow card at them to say, next time it's red guys like you go and sort this stuff out. Yeah. So the manager's been backed in the transfer window, I said previously, astonished that we kept the guys we kept. Astonished at the quality we brought in. The tools are there. The injuries—that's been unfortunate. And I don't believe if we had all those players fit, we wouldn't have had the the performance we had last Saturday, and we'd possibly won the game last Saturday. So that's a huge factor. But if there are any issues just now, Lenny's the man to sort it. He has to go and sort those issues out, and we'll move on from there, and everyone pulling in the right in, in the same direction. If there's issues there and either he's not able to sort it or he can't sort it, then that's a problem. Because we're assuming that he's the manager, but he is the manager, obviously, but we're assuming he's got the power to change certain things. What if he hasn't the power to change certain things?
4: Mm.
3: You then shift the finger of blame to someone else, whoever that may be, to say, well, Don, <laughs> he's telling you if you want to achieve 10, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And you're not letting me do X, Y, and Z. So I, it's not math. I'm going to carry the can. And social media, there's going to be a zillion comments about this guy's, you know, get rid of this guy's. And, and my hands are tied. And that's a terrible position to be in. I'm, I'm not saying that's the case, sorry. I'm just, just just, talking. In terms of we don't know what's happening. But if there's a problem there, and there obviously there's a problem, is it a big problem or a small problem? Who knows? But identify it and deal with it. And let's try and move on, all pulling in the same direction. And let's keep positive because we do have the best players.
2: Oh, without a doubt. Stick them
3: on the park, win the games and move on. And hopefully in a month's time, we're through at the Scottish Cup final. There's a few decent performances in the Europa. And we're no worse than one point behind.
2: You know, even less than that, in a week's time, Jim, you'll be here again. And uh, by that time, we'll have played Aberdeen and Lille. And let's hope by that stage, the mood has... Um, got a little bit brighter uh, over the next week, because a week is a long time in football, Jim. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've got some brilliant responses to the show today, so thanks, everybody, for getting in touch via Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Just a reminder, get yourself subscribed on YouTube. We broadcast every single day, uh, even on our days off, so work that one out. And uh, all that's left for me to say, as well as thanking all you guys for getting involved, is thank you to Jim Water for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Thanks, Paul. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
4: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2.